Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 tonight. And I want to preach a very simple message. I won't keep you too long. Uh, I want to preach a very simple message entitled, Learning How to Dance in the Rain. So if you're making note tonight, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, sermon I've entitled, Learning How to Dance in the Rain. Now I've been inspired recently, you know what, uh, with our exercises with Joseph. We've been going Saturday mornings and you know what, he'd have exercise routines for us at 9 o'clock in the morning. It was started at 6, but then, you know, people slept in and so he changed it to 9 o'clock. <laughs> and so we can all come and attend. But, you know, it's exciting because um, uh, he's even sent us some daily exercise routines that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's quite interesting. But on Saturday mornings, uh, I love because, you know, what, he'd, he'd say to us, hey, make sure you guys high-five each other. And he made a point, you know, what, make sure you encourage one another. And I love that because this is what really builds a team. I love that because this is what builds families. This is what builds communities. This is what builds churches. It's the fellowshipping together. It's the getting together and encouraging one another. Can you say amen? Because how many of you know, you know what? Every one of us, we need that little bit of encouragement. Amen? We, you know what? We can come through a service and we can come in and, and you know what? Sometimes our week is just completely you know, destroyed and we feel, you know what? Maybe a, your boss has been rude to you or someone's been, you know, mad at you and you're just like, man. But you know what? You come to church and there's something when you gather together and God begins to encourage us. That even through the mundane routines of this so-called life, we can all find encouragement when we come to church. Amen. We can all find encouragement by simply coming together. There's a quote then, which is where I get the title of the message from. And it says this, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. And so I want to preach a message called learning how to dance in the rain because I want us to have a revelation of encouragement. I want us to have this conviction of coming to church and making that a priority because this is where we find encouragement. And the Bible tells us clearly out of Hebrews 10 verse 24. If you're there, say amen tonight. All right, let's read. It says this, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And then it says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. That word means encouraging one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. God, I'm asking that you would help us, Lord God, to make this a conviction, Lord God, that we would not forsake the gathering of the saints. And Lord God, that we would find revelation in encouraging one another as we come together. Bless us tonight, I pray. Even stir up the gift, Lord God, of the supernatural tonight. I pray, Holy Ghost, you take every word spoken and pierce it into our lives. May us, Lord God, grow tonight from your word. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. All right, so if you're taking note, number one, let's consider the deadly poison of discouragement tonight. You know, the word comes from this, the word discourage, it comes from the French word, and forgive me, Melody, if I pronounce it wrong, décourage, <laughs> décourage, yes. And if you break down that word, discouraged or decourage it means this the first one is day means away and then you have courage so if, for example you've got someone who is discouraging someone literally is taking courage away from you someone who is discouraging is taking enthusiasm from you someone is 
You know what? Removing your passion from you. That's someone who is discouraging. And I want us to understand because the reality of life, listen, is people will discourage you. I mean, it's, it's one of the things, the factors of life is that you are going to, you know what, come across discouragement. And two things, people will discourage you and circumstances will discourage you. You know, Christians, we like to think, you know, when we become Christians, oh yeah, you know what, Jesus, you got my back, sweet, I'm good, no problem, sweet, smooth sailing. How many know that's not true? <laughs> it's like, oh man, you, we, we like realize so quickly. It's like, Lord, where are you? I thought it's like, God's like, hey, this is life. You're living life, real life here. You know, Christians are not exempt from any storm. Can you say amen? Even Jesus spoke about this. Matthew 5, 45, he says, he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust. I mean, Jesus says storms are a part of life. Jesus spoke a parable in Matthew chapter 7, verse 25, and he said, And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. I mean, I love when Jesus speaks a parable, because he, he ain't beating around the bush. You know, I don't like it when people just like fluff around, it's like, oh, man, just get to the point, tell me the truth. And so I love Jesus, because he's a man's man, and he tells the truth how it is, and he, he says literally, he goes, hey, listen, guys. Storms are a part of life. And he says, when the winds came, when the floods came, when it all came. You know, he wasn't like, oh, if it comes, oh, if, you know. It's like, man, you know, when they come, it's a part of life. Listen, tonight, church, you know what? This is something that we need to understand. That life simply happens. Storms are going to be a part of our everyday life. And Jesus continues on in verse 26. Listen to what he says. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell and great was its fall. Listen tonight, it's very important that whenever you face the storms of life and it seems discouraging, you and I need to have this revelation that we need to be building our lives on the word of God. Can you say amen to that? I don't want you to build your life around me. I'm not going to be there around your bed. Are you okay? You're right. Oh, let me. No, man, come on. We need, to build, we need to build our lives on the Word of God. I mean, there's times where you're going to be like, Pastor, where are you? I'm calling. It's like, man, no, Jesus is the Word. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm telling you, you'll find encouragement in your times of discouragement through the Word of God. <laughs> what a ripper, mate. Listen very carefully tonight. If you're making note, there are storms created by the character deficit of others. In other words, people will discourage you. People who have this character deficit where they're just simply rude and arrogant. It's like, man, you know what? Hey, what, what do you want to do that for? Discourage you from, you know what, venturing out and fulfilling God-given purpose and dreams. And you know what? You be careful because these storms are created by the character deficit of others. You come across people who will discourage you. You will come across people who will drain life from you. They will take courage from you. So there are storms created by the character deficit of others. And also there are storms that are part of this fallen world. In other words, circumstances will discourage you. Write that down. Circumstances will discourage you. And this is where most Christians fail. 
This is where a lot of believers fail because their levels of joy and peace is determined by what is happening around them. They have this circumstantial faith. You know what? Oh, you know what? If everything's smooth sailing, sweet. God is good all the time. Sweet. Money in the bank. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it's circumstantial faith. Their, their joy and their peace is determined by what is happening around them. Can I encourage you tonight? Don't ever base your faith on circumstances. Because you will be discouraged and you will find very quickly that your faith is not even in the Word of God. And I felt prone to this. Before we became pastors of this church, we were pioneering a church in Kabulcha. And, uh, you know, we took over the church. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yes, Lord, you know what? You send us there. There's going to be revival. The people are going to come in, get saved. You know what? We're going to build an awesome work for God. I got there. There was one lady there. Sunday morning, ready to preach an awesome sermon. And one person rocked up. Oh, yeah, Lord, come on. I'm believing for Sunday night. I'm in the prayer room. I'm praying in the back there. I'm like, Lord Jesus, you got you to move. I, I came out in the service. No one was in the service. Nobody in the church. My wife was at the back on the sound desk holding Harry, you know, working the sound on the, uh, for me while I'm playing the keys on the keyboard, trying to get the presence of the Lord in. Maybe God's going to drop people in by listening. And I'm like, man, you know, I see no one coming in. I saw no, I was like, man. And my joy levels went from, you know what, 100 to zero in an instant. Oh, I had this circumstantial faith like, man, what, where are they? You know, it's like, man. And so my faith dropped to a level by what I saw. And God showed me something I'll never forget. He says this to me. He said, don't you ever focus on what isn't happening. You know, focus on who's there and love them. If there's going to be one person that comes to church, love them. And God showed me in my heart of hearts that, you know, man, it's not about numbers. It's about raising disciples, quality men and women. You know what? We never know who walks through those doors. And God showed me to love that one awesome lady named Auntie Sue, which we do also have another Auntie Sue here as well. But God, you know what? Begin to bring in people. God brought another, you know what? Another faithful man. His name is Uncle Ray. We called him, loved him. And even, you know, our kids love him today. And here it is, you know what, just these two faithful people coming along. And it's like, you know what, God, we're going to love them. We're gonna, and, and all of a sudden, God began to move on my heart. And all of a sudden, these people started coming in. Families started coming in. And we started growing and things were happening. And I was like, you know what, God, you really did move our faith, our focus, not on what isn't happening, but for who He is and what He can do. And sometimes, many times in life, we would focus on the things that are happening around us. I'm like, man, how come they're not there? And how come, how come my marriage isn't like, you know, this person over there and their marriage? And we look over here, how come our kids are not? And it's circumstantial faith. And we need to be a people, men of God, women of God that says, you know what? I'm not going to be circumstantial and have my faith surrounded by what's happening and what isn't happening, but I'm going to have my faith founded in the Word of God. I want to remind us tonight, don't allow circumstances to infect your faith with the deadly poison of discouragement. Don't allow people and the character deficit of their life to bring this poison of discouragement in your life. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. I love this verse. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. You know, people hope that the situation would Changed, but it didn't. And so this verse is saying the heart becomes sick. Courage is taken away. Uh, you know what? People become discouraged, depressed, and then even suicidal. 
And this is the world we live in. People, uh, you know what, have this in mind. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Oh, they hope that when they move to a certain country, that they'll find Mrs. Wright, and they'll find Mr. Wright, and they come and they move to a certain place, hoping that something will change, but never does. And then it makes the heart sick. They begin to be sad. They begin to be depressed. Oh, man, my life is a failure. And they begin to think like this. And this is exactly what the Bible says. Making the heart sick. And that's why hurt people hurt people. Discouraged people will discourage other people. And this kind of discouraging negative attitude will infect the world around you. It'll infect the church. You know, just because you're discouraged doesn't mean you go around discouraging other people. You know, there were two men who were sent by a shoe manufacturer to a remote country to sell shoes. One wrote back, I have terrible news. This is a God-forsaken country. Nobody here wears shoes. I'm coming home. The other man wrote, this is a wonderful country. I'm so grateful you sent me to this territory. Nobody here wears shoes. Send me 5,000 pairs. I mean, you think about the contrast of different attitudes here. One of these men understood, I'm not going to let discouragement, I'm not going to let the circumstances affect my attitude. Let me tell you tonight, how you handle discouragement determines your destiny. So let's talk about, secondly, the need to encourage someone else. We all know our world is riddled with this deadly poison of discouragement. People are depressed. People are suicidal. Marriages are torn apart because of discouragement. Therefore, we must, as a church, have a good understanding, a biblical understanding for the need to encourage someone else. Proverbs 25, verse 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. You know, every one of us, we've got to be able to see the silver lining in life. A silver lining is a sign of hope or a positive aspect in an otherwise negative situation. The phrase is often seen as part of the adage, every cloud has a silver lining, meaning that there is hope or something good to be found in every bad situation. You see, how do you see good, uh, how do you see the bad uh, situations around you and how do you see the good in them? How do you have a steadfast faith in the midst of this circumstance that we're living in today? Bad situations, these things that are around you, maybe at home. How do you see the good in it all? Well, look at David's perspective out of Psalms chapter 119, verse 71. It says this, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. I mean, what a perspective. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. And then he says that I may learn your statutes. I mean, what a perspective, and we need to understand and get this mindset within our lives because, listen, there's value in your valleys. There's value in your valleys. There is a silver lining through your setbacks. Can you say amen tonight? God is able to take what was meant for evil and turn it for good. Hallelujah. This is how you're going to learn how to dance in the rain. David says, it is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. In other words, that I may learn more of who you are in the situation that I'm in. Many times we lose sight of who God is, but God wants to teach us who he is in the valleys. There's value in your valleys. And we need to have this perspective that through the troubled times, that, you know, we're either going to be living by faith or we're going to be living by our feelings. 
You're going to live by your conviction or live by your condition, by what surrounds you. God is able to use your affliction as instruction. You see, through the test comes the testimony. Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That God uses your life. God uses what you've been through to touch someone else who's going through the exact same thing that you were going through a month, two, a year ago. Through the test comes the testimony. Your discouragement you face today will encourage someone tomorrow. Your misery can be turned into ministry. This is what it means when you learn how to dance in the rain. That in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of trials and tribulation, in the midst of the storm, is a people, a breed of Christians who know how to dance in the rain. Who know that, you know what, my God is still the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Though come hail, storm, or high water, I'm going to still serve the Lord. I'm going to learn how to dance in the rain. I'm not going to let discouragement affect my faith. I'm not going to let people around me affect my faith. Because I got a God who is able to take what was meant for evil and use it for good he uses your testimony so don't be discouraged by what's not happening around you don't be discouraged by the people that surround you there's value in your valleys if you just hold on man there's times where i just wanted to quit i wanted to give up and i'm talking you know what throwing in the towel of doing ministry I wanted to quit and I said, you know what, man, and this is through pastoral changeovers. This is through, you know what, just the, 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 uh, you know, the, the rigorous things of just coming to church and ministry. I just wanted to throw it in. But it was friends and families and you know, being able to encourage, saying, hey, listen, you know what, there's value in your valleys. What you're going through, God's going to use it. You never know what, you're gonna, what God's going to do in your life. You see, God could have, you know what, God couldn't feed the multitudes. I mean, you think about this, with five loaves and two fish. Jesus broke the bread and he blessed it. There's no blessing without first being broken. And I believe God is breaking old mindsets. I believe God is breaking some things in our lives, bringing these storms as a test to our faith to make us realize who He really is and how frail we are as human beings so that we can be dependent on the Word of God. You know, God wants to use people in this building here tonight. He wants to use your life. The greatest sermons ever preached, man, come from those who have been through life's toughest storms. One man put it this way. Listen to this. Adversity, although painful to all and fatal to some, can be extremely rewarding to the survivors. I'll say that again. Adversity, although painful to all and fatal to some, can be extremely rewarding to the survivors. I'll say that again. I'll, uh, <laughs> listen to this. Adversity, although painful to all and fatal to some. <laughs> can be extremely rewarding to the survivors. How many survivors are in the building tonight? I'm a survivor. I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, we've been through some storms in your life. There are people in this building, you know what, who have a story yet to be told. There are people in this building that God wants to use your life to be able to reach someone in your street in your neighborhood. There are people here in the building. God wants to take your misery and turn it into ministry. Whoa, come on. God wants to take the things that was meant for evil and turn it for good. 
This is the God we serve. But listen, you must, and I'm telling you, don't give up in the midst of the storm. Galatians 6 verse 9, one of my favorite verses. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Man, for in due season we shall, we shall, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Come on, don't lose heart in the midst of your storm. Don't lose heart when you're going through trials. Listen, God is faithful. He can carry you through. But you got to be faithful to God in the midst of the storm. Don't give up. Hold on. So let's talk about finally, and I'll close, learning to dance in the rain. So we've learned about the deadly poison of discouragement, that we all face discouragement on many levels. It comes through people. It comes through circumstances. The poison is negative thinking. It's depression. It's sadness. But we've learned tonight that we need to encourage someone else. We've learned that there's value in the valleys. And I want to consider the final thought, learning how to dance in the rain. Because the church needs to gather together to encourage each other. Hebrews 10.24, our text, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking. Everyone say, not forsaking. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Watch this, as in the manner of some. Oh, man, Paul's pulling out some people. As in the manner of some people that never come to church. (laughs) Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some. But watch this but exhorting one another, encouraging one another. I love this so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the church is not the building. The church is you and I. We are the people. We are the church. And God has placed every single one of us, you in this building. Listen, God has placed you in the church for a reason. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18. But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he pleased. God is pleased where he has placed you. God is pleased where he has placed you, where he has planted you. A lot of people have location frustration because they're not happy by what their circumstances are. But listen, where God has placed you, that's where he's pleased. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some but exhorting one another, encouraging one another. You see, dancing in the rain is this. You know, we've, we're all, you're here tonight, you're going through some storms. You're here tonight, man, there's financial storms. You're here tonight, there's, you're having storms with your kids and children and whatever it is. Each and every one of us are going through life. And when we walk through these doors, we're all right now dancing through the rain. That we manage to come through, storm, say, whoa, hey, brother, how you doing, man? Whoo, man. I'm good. <laughs> uh, how you doing, sister? Man, you have no idea what happened to this week, but God help me. And you know what? It's like we come to church and there's this spirit, this camaraderie now where we can all encourage each other. Dancing in the rain means we're going through the storms, but we must continue to come together while we still can. Even when you're having a bad day, even when you're having a bad week, come on, this is what the devil wants to get you to do, is to stay at home and have yourself its own little pity party. Poor little you, play a little violin and have your little teacup party. <laughs> you know, that's what the devil wants to do, because when you begin to, you know what, uh, depart from the church and you begin to, uh, you know, distance yourself from godly people, listen, that's where the enemy begins to come in and he begins to speak into your mind. 
he begins to sing a song into your ear. He's a, he's a smooth talker, man. He was able to smooth talk, uh, you know what, Eve in the Garden of Eden. I'm telling you, the devil will come into your mind. He begin to sing some songs. He begin to pat your head and say, oh, it's all good. You stay home today. It's okay. You're having a bad day. Listen, and God wants a church. Listen, rise up and dance in the rain and say, yes, I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep reading the word of God. I'm going to keep on fasting. Oh, yes, the, the F word right there, fasting. We're going to keep on pressing through even when it's difficult. We got to be disciples. Come on, I say it all the time. Disciples with some spiritual backbone, man. Man, people give up too quick. People give up so easy. Man, but yet they're able to go out into the world and begin to, you know what, do exercise and all this stuff. But man, they find it so difficult to be a Christian in the church. I mean, it takes a real man to be a Christian. It takes a, a real woman to be a woman of God. Anybody can live out in the world and do whatever they can. It takes a real man to stand up for faith and say, listen, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. That even on my worst day, I'm coming to church. I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to glorify God. Even though my circumstances aren't favorable, I'm going to lift up my hands and worship. Because I know that through the storm, God is doing something deeper. James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy. Man, learn to dance in the rain. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's dancing in the rain. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. You want, know, you want to know what dancing in the rain looks like? Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Come to church even when it's raining. Serve in the church while it's raining. Listen, there are times where you're going to learn to serve in the storm. The church needs you. The body of Christ needs you. Jesus didn't die on the cross to raise up soft disciples. A bunch of spiritual soft serves. <laughs> you know, the church, you know, man, the church will have to go on lockdown, not because of coronavirus, but because of people who are too soft to serve. <laughs> in the book of Acts, they were all in the upper room. In the book of Acts, they were all together in one accord and the Holy Spirit fell down and the power of God fell upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. You see, the devil doesn't want people to gather together because he knows where two or three are gathered in my name, there he will be in the midst with us. The devil knows the power of the Holy Ghost that can fall when people come together. The devil knows that there is a blessing that flows when the brethren dwell together in unity. So learning to dance in the rain, number one, you've got to come to church. Make that a conviction. You know what? Say, I'm going to learn to dance in the rain, even though on my bad days, I'm going to come to church. Number two, I'm going to serve in church, even on the rainy days. The church needs you. Number three, learning to dance in the rain requires praying fast. Yes, amen. We need to pray, not when things are going well, but when things are going bad. Be ready in season and out of season. Pray in season. Fast in season. Read God's word in season and out of season. Tithe. Be faithful. Give even though it's out of season. Listen, you got to be faithful even when the day is approaching. The Bible says, even as the day is approaching. How much more should we gather together? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads at a word of prayer tonight. Very simple message, learning how to dance in the rain, dealing with discouragement, and having a conviction and making priority of coming to church. Very simple message. Hallelujah.
Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You're here tonight. I want to give you an invitation. Maybe you're not saved. You haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it is appointed for man to die once and then comes the judgment. The Bible is so clear, my brother, my sister. Where will you spend eternity when your life is over? When your life is all said and done and you've breathed your last. The Bible says that, you know what? Absent to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're here tonight, you're not saved. You know you wouldn't make heaven your home. The Bible tells us our sins are what separate us from a holy God. Sin, listen, if you die with sin in your life, you will not enter into heaven. The Bible is clear on that. But that is why Jesus died on the cross. He took your sins and my sins upon him. And he died on the cross. He paid the price. He paid your debt and my debt that we could not even owe. So that we could have eternal life in heaven. If that's you, you're not saved, you're not right with God, but you want to give your life to Christ. I want you to do one simple thing and raise your hand with mine. Say, yes, that's me. Lift it up. No one looking around. This is between you and God. You're not saved. You're not right with the Lord. Lift it up tonight. God loves you. God wants to touch your life. God wants to save you. You're here tonight and you're, you're not right with the Lord. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus. You once had a walk with Christ. But you've gone back into your sin. You've gone back into your old lifestyle. If that's you, won't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm backslidden. God loves you. I don't know who God is speaking to tonight. This is no accident that you're here in our service tonight. God wants to touch your life. God wants to save your soul. God wants to save your family. Lift your hand tonight. Say, yes, that's me. Amen. Turning to the church. Church, learn how to dance in the rain. Learn how to deal with discouragement. The deadly poison of discouragement. Be an encourager. Be someone filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're here tonight and you know what? You're, you, you find yourself discouraged even tonight. Won't you come to the altar right now? God is speaking to some people. This message has struck a chord in your heart. Won't you come and find a place to pray? You're, you're going and you're dealing through discouragement and you need help. Come, come to the altar tonight. God is going to touch your life. God wants to encourage you. This is why we come to service. This is why we come to church so that we can be a part of these altar calls. So that we can come into the altar and God can deal with us every service. God, minister in this place. Lord, I pray. God, every heart, Lord Jesus, that is discouraged, I pray, God, you encourage. Lord God, every, Lord, soul in this place, Lord God, that has the, the life.